0: Please stand for the reading of God's word. As a reminder, we stand out of reverence and awe for God and for his word. Today's scripture reading is from Joel chapter 2 verses 28 through 32. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit.
1: All right, thank you, Kristen. Um, yeah, hello, Redemption Tucson. Good good morning and happy July 4th weekend to you. Um, my name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson. And um, yeah, just um just a heads up, kind of out of the gates, I have a stutter, so want to make sure that you know what that is and um and know that that uh yeah, it'll kind of come in and now as we go. Sorry, I'm kind of m- messing with my mic here. Um, Matt George, our sound Guru is gonna get onto me for that, but um, uh, anyway, thank you, Matt. He's also the one um, who who does a lot of work and, um, for the most part, putting all our kind of all these different comp- components of our service together. So thank you for that. And um, I also want to just highlight the Guatemala partnership that we're so blessed to have and to be a part of. They're doing such incredible work there. And again, Emily, who we just got to hear from, um, I've gotten to know. She's actually been to our congregation. Before and um, is just a they're doing a lot of of great things and we're blessed as a congregation. We actually support them um, every m- month, and then also during this time, we've gotten to give above and beyond our, our kind of normal um, support of, of them. And, and I would encourage you to even pray about and consider how the Lord might call you to uh, to support what they're, what they're doing um, even, even more. So again, if you want to ask more about that, please let us know, and we'll get you in, in, um, in contact with them. And then also, I want to help us just to know about a really exciting event we have coming up on tuesday so the day after tomorrow um july 7th we are hosting an event it is on zoom um but it's called a it's called a town hall and it's gospel-centered racial reconciliation and it's going to be a two Part event from 6:30 to 8 p.m. Uh, again, hosted on Zoom, and um, I'll explain some a bit more about that. Why I'm calling it hosting, but um, actually, Pastor Wayne Winter from Redemption Alhambra is going to speak this first week. He's going to give um, just give some time. He has an incredible backstory and um, way the, the the way that the Lord really called him to faith, and then what that came out of, and um, just his his heart, his wisdom. He's really pressed in a ton and has so much to to offer to help us to understand of God's heart of reconciling us, um, to each other and working through us, uh, to put himself and his name on display in the world. Um, so again, I want to invite you to that. Now I want to ask you to RSVP, okay. To be sure to, um, if you do that by the end of today, then we will, um, be able to get you a gift card, um, I don't know exactly how we're going to do that but it will include me and some others um actually driving around Tucson and getting you a gift card for you and you know whoever else in your family to have some kind of a a, a treat or a special drink you know something like that just to make it feel a bit more like we're like we're hosting you cuz that's what we would normally do if we were hosting it in person and um we want to do that. I don't know exactly how if you've ever seen like Teen Wolf or back to the future. I don't know if we'll kind of cruise around on a van and do handstands or things like that to get you the gift card, or um, I don't really have a motorcycle or something. But anyway, we'll do what we can to try to um, help us feel a bit more loved and cared for um, through this through this process. Amen? All right. So now let's um, transition into our time in in Joel. So we're in week two of a sermon series through the minor prophets and let me say something about that before I, I pray and we get into Joel together this m- morning I know it's a it's a heavy series the minor prophets are um no joke it is um it is not an easy series each book we're walking through has a lot it's Heavy um, and it even feels like man, don't we need some just encouragement right now don't we need something to kind of boost our spirits? Why choose to dive in to the minor profits? Well, as we'll see this morning, I'm more and more convinced that that those times really reflect or speak into where we are right now of a lot of confusion. Um, brokenness, consideration of what's going on, where is God in this, um, what do we need to be aware of in our own hearts and lives, um, what can shape our time right now and give us hope and perspective, and what does it look like to be God's faithful people in response to his faithfulness to us. And, and church, I just want to even share with you kind of this morning my own heart Um even as we speak, I'm, I don't know, my dad's in the, in the, in the ER. I don't know all the details behind that. Um, He's unresponsive. Um, There's just some background and some, some uh, details there that I don't know in the next hour, what kind of news I might get. And, um, and, and actually July 4th weekend has always been kind of my dad's holiday in my mind. We'd always go go and spend time with him over the summer, and we'd always um, you know, view different things, you know, fireworks. We lived in San Diego, just a lot of m- memories. So this is not the July 4th I envisioned. And yet again, um, my encouragement to you and to us, and honestly to my own heart, is turning to God's word and looking at his faithfulness is the best thing that we can do. So with that, let's go ahead and pray as we get into our time. Heavenly Father, we Come before you, Lord, in prayer, and we, Lord, we need you. Um, I pray that you will meet us, Lord, on an individual basis. You know what's going on in each one of our hearts and in each one of our minds, each one of our homes, Lord, our extended family, our jobs, our workplaces, all kinds of things. There we need you, um, Lord, in your gospel to shape us. And so I pray that through our time together this morning. By your Holy Spirit, you will lead us and guide us. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So if there were some headlines right now written about our time, what would they look like? What might they say? Um, I just looked up a few headlines from uh, history past, some kind of famous headlines, and here are a few. Some of you were live during some of these, um, some not. Um, but this first one, man walks on the moon. One small, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Not guilty. Sensational OJ verdict. John Lennon shot dead. Atomic bomb hits Japan. 1,500 reasons why you should never call a ship unsinkable. Peace. Greatest war of all time, over. Now, again, some of you might remember those headlines, opening the actual physical newspaper and seeing those things. And some of you perhaps um, aren't old enough to remember any of them. But um, Warren Wiersbe, kind of a Bible commentator that actually looked at um, some things that he wrote about about this book of Joel and about this time of the minor prophets. And here's something that he said Again, in considering what headlines in this time we might write for where we find ourselves today. So um, where we are in Joel is around 586 BC in that time. There's some different disagreements about that, but um, I actually think that one makes the most sense. And it it was about, um, you know, again, around 600 or so years before the time of Christ. So what might it have said? And here's one from Joel that the headlines might have read, locusts invade land, nation faces severe economic crisis, no end to the drought in sight. I mean, some of that, right, hits home for us. Like, what might that look like for this to be read in our time? And he goes on to kind of explore what different people might have said about that headline, even in their day. He says this, when you're in a crisis... You'll hear all kinds of voices interpreting what's going on and telling you what to do. The optimists will say, This crisis isn't going to last very long, so just be brave. The pessimists will sob, It's going to get worse, and there's no escape. We're done for. The alarmists will see the enemy behind every tree. The scoffers will question the news reports and shrug their shoulders and say, what difference does it make anyway? Guys, I'm not making this stuff up. This was, Warren Wearsby wrote this around 1996. Um, I don't remember exactly what was going on in the world around that time, but that seems eerily reminiscent of where we are right now and the different voices that we might hear of what's going on. And yet the message always, and especially in these minor prophets, and specifically in Joel, the message is, look to the Lord. Consider the Lord and who he is and what he's doing. So with that, let's go ahead and pick up in Joel chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And now out of the gate, and just so you know, if you might want to grab your Bible, for the most part, we're just going to walk through a kind of bigger chunk, so we're going to walk through Joel, um, the, the, the uh, th- three chapters of Joel. And so as we kick off right now, this message at first is, look back and look ahead while you look to the Lord. In chapter one, verse one, the word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel, hear this, you elders, give ear all inhabitants of the land Has such a thing happened in our days or in the days of our fathers, right? Some of us are asking that kind of question. Has anything ever happened like this before? And this is what he says. Tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children to another generation what the cutting locust left, the swarming locust has eaten what the swarming locust left, the hopping locust has eaten and what the hopping locust left, the destroying locust. Has eaten. Now, very presently, there is again disagreement or some consideration of are they talking about was there an invasion of lo- lo- locusts in the land right there, the land of Israel? Were they experiencing a famine caused by locusts eating all their crops? And most likely the answer is yes. But what's also going on is there is a reminder of Egypt, of what happened when the plagues, specifically the plague of locusts, hit the land of Egypt. And again, there's this reminder to remember what God has done. Remember that time when it looked like his judgment was so great that no one could withstand. There was no hope. And yet this call is look to the Lord or consider what is called this. This is the major theme throughout Joel is this. The day of the Lord. Look to, remember, consider the day of Of the Lord. And the big idea is this in the day of the Lord, God judges evil and saves his people. And again, that considers remembering when he's done that in the past, considering what he might be doing right now and looking ahead to what he has promised he will do in the future. And again, throughout um, Hebrew books, specifically the prophetic books, this this call of the day of the Lord is there present in in the past, in the current, and in the future. And it's this idea of God judging evil and saving his people. And so picking up in chapter 2, where he says this in verses one and two, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like blackness there is spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful people, their like has never been before, nor will be again after them through the years of all generations. So now it's shifting gears to not just remembering what happened, but also now thinking of armies invading. There's political unrest and and fear and concern. Again, consider our world that we're in right now, right? That somehow a virus is also connected to um, kind of world politics, and that similarly in this day, God's people were afraid of not just one thing. There wasn't just one thing they were facing. There's a reality of how this might impact again economy, um, world, you know, w- wars, different different nations from Assyria to Egypt to coming up Rome, Greece, all these different things. And these and 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 yet God's message is, I, I know these things are happening. And then down in verse. 11. Look with me there. The Lord utters his voice before his army, for his camp is exceedingly great. He, executes his, he, he who executes his word is powerful, for the day of the Lord is great and very awesome. So this is the first time that that phrase is used, one of many. The day of the Lord is great and very awesome. And then this question, who can endure it? And that's a rhetorical question. That's meant for you and I to pause. Again, I even want to just encourage us, church, to look into our own hearts. Again, I, I shared some of my own story right now. This week has been really difficult. There's been a lot of um, confusion. And then to get a text about my dad's health again and, and just these different things. And where one, one, one friend joked that he said, I thought there were only four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now our mountain's on fire. It seems like that's number four. Five or six, like there's just this how long and I think that honest question, how long can we endure? who can endure this? and the answer is no one no, no one can endure this kind of this kind of struggle, this kind of, of 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 difficulty and then the call from Joel to God's people now picking up in verse twelve is this: this is what you do when you come to your end, when you're broken to such a place where you're like, what can we do? Where is their hope? Who can endure? Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Rend our hearts. There's a call there to prayer and fasting. Church, I want to encourage you, um, not out of, out of trying to force God's hand or things like that, but sometimes when we come to a place of such utter hopelessness, who can endure this? That fasting and prayer is not meant to force God's hand or to make us more spiritual or more holy or anything like that, but it's, it's often born out of a place of, God, you're all we have. Even more than my need for food and physical sustenance, I need you. So church, I, I want to even encourage us to consider in joining in our times of, of corporate prayer as a church each week, of, of 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 perhaps joining together in the days ahead in some kind of a, of a communal corporate fast before the Lord. But this call, look at it. Rend your hearts. Again, church, I just want to pause here for a mo- moment and consider... That idea is tearing your heart, not just your clothes. So in this day, in this culture, you would rip your clothes as a physical sign of, I care so much. I'm so broken. God's holiness and our fallenness is so real right now that all I can do is rip my clothes and and perhaps put on sackcloth and ashes and just make a public display of my, my brokenness. And yet the call here from the prophet Joel is, look at your own heart. How much in our day right now, just what comes to mind for me is either outward expressions or declarations of righteousness, often quickly accompanied by accusation and slander of someone else, often a brother or sister in Christ, even a family member, often done in such a way that's meant to boost my own. Um, my own self-righteousness, my own encouragement about who I am and where I am, and yet the call here is: listen, all that outward stuff—hashtag activism, or you know, calling someone else out, or saying this, or setting ourselves apart outwardly and verbally—the call is: first, look at your own heart, rend your own heart, lay it bare before God, and consider, God, where have I been unfaithful, and what does your faithfulness? How does that shape me? One verse in Psalm 51, verse 7 says this The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, will you not despise? He calls us, church, to repent. Again, repent is to turn to our God. Hopefully, that's sometimes with encouragement, sometimes with conviction, but always in response to His goodness. Hear me on that, okay? Because we can tend to think of it like this. We can tend to think of God. I don't. Again, some of us grew up around alcoholism, and we think of coming before God as though you don't know when you're going to get a happy drunk or a mean drunk, right? You, you like, you like broke something, and you come with, "I'm really sorry, I broke this." And sometimes it just, man, someone flips a lid and goes mad and is so angry. And then sometimes, again, depending on, often it, you don't have to be an alcoholic to act this way, but. It can be, and it's just like, oh, hey, no big deal, right? Whatever, kids will be kids. You little rascal, you know, rub it. And, it's, and sometimes you just, you don't know. And that's how we view God sometimes is like, is this going to be the time when he's in a really bad place and he's going to be really angry? Or is this going to be the time where he just kind of dismisses it and kind of pats me on the head? Well, the answer is ne- neither. He's approachable and good. And we see that in the second part of verse 13. Again, look there with me return to the Lord your God. Again, repent. Turn to him, but knowing who he is, for he is gracious and merciful, amen? He is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God is, is kind and gracious and generous. He's our good, good father. It's who he is. So we can turn to him and repent with boldness and confidence and with, and with clarity and expo- laying our whole hearts bare, knowing that whatever he reveals by the Holy Spirit, that he will lead us to repentance, not out of fear or compulsion, but because he's demonstrated his goodness toward us, because that's his character, because that's who he is. And then in this next part, skip ahead all the way to chapter 3. All of this is done. Again, remember the past. Remember God's faithfulness. Remember how he led Egypt during that time when they were plagued by locusts. And and then when armies invade, let that shape your time now. But also, have an eye on the future. So pick up with me in Joel chapter 3, verse 17. So you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Who dwells in Zion, my holy mountain, and Jerusalem shall be holy, and strangers shall never again pass through it. So, this is a a one day out there. This is not just, this is one day, the day is coming. Look beyond the horizon and consider these promises of God. The mountains shall drip with wine, and the hills shall flow with milk. And all the streambeds of Judah shall flow with water, right? Consider the Santa Cruz and the Rito River flowing with water, right? Not just after a monsoon, but consistently. And a fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord and water the valley of Shittim. Egypt shall become a desolation and Edom a desolate wilderness. These are the oppressors that God's people have endured for so long, and the violence done to the people of Judah because they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall be inhabited forever, and Jerusalem to all generations. I will avenge their blood, blood I have not avenged, for the Lord dwells in Zion. What a a beautiful way to end this book. And church, we know that God dealing with bloodshed ultimately by shedding his own blood through the death of Jesus Christ. And then him raising from the dead and then God dwelling with his people, this promise for you and me is not just something one day out there. We look ahead to when every tear will be wiped away, when when crying and weeping are no more, when we will dwell with God fully in his presence, but we let that inform and shape our lives right now because we know that God has already um, avenged blood by the shedding of the blood of his own son on the cross. And then again, raising from the dead and then dwelling among us right now through his Holy Spirit. So with that, circle back with me to chapter two, which we read for the scripture reading in verse 28. This was the promise, again, over 600 or so years, before um, the time of Christ, we read this. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall shall see visions. Now skip ahead with me to Acts chapter two and let's pick up right here when Peter who was again, in his own sense, he was afraid and terrified. He denied Jesus. But after Jesus rose from the dead, he revealed himself to Peter and to more than 500 and to Jesus' closest followers. And he told them, he, he reinstilled their, their sense of purpose, their understanding. Jesus, risen from the dead, forgave Peter for his denial and restored him and said, on this rock, I will build my church. And then what did Jesus do? He, he pieced out. He ascended to the right hand of God the Father, and he promised and said, don't worry, I'll send you a helper. And God's people clinged to that promise. And then we see now this happening where God's Holy Spirit comes crashing in. If you have the Jesus Storybook Bible, I encourage you to read this account in that passage, but the Holy Spirit comes crashing in and overwhelms God's, God's people, and they begin speaking in tongues, and they are now filled with the Holy Spirit. And then with that, um, it demanded an explanation, all right? We've used that language so many times. What would it look like for God to do such a work in our hearts, in our homes, in our community, in our church, among his people, that it demands an exclamation? Well, people who didn't know the Lord were looking on, were like, what's going on? Oh, I know, they must be drunk, even though it was early in the day. And then look what Peter, now empowered and emboldened by God the Holy Spirit, look what he says in Acts chapter 2, verse 15. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And church, we're in those days now. We are in this place where we're looking back and remembering brokenness and hardship and God's judgment of evil. And then we're in the middle right now of considering, who can endure this? And then the call is look ahead to the day when you won't have to endure any longer, when it will all be over, when it will be finished, when God will ultimately, once and for all, judge evil and save his people from all suffering. But there's still good news right now, today. The fulfillment of this prophecy in Joel has already come. God has dealt with bloodshed. He's dealt with death ultimately through Jesus. And then he dwells among us through his Holy Spirit. So church, it's like we're in, if you know, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that we're in this place where we say, now I see as in a mirror dimly, but then I will see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I also am known. And what we cling to right now is the love of God displayed for us, poured out for us through the person and work of Jesus, and then the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit whom he has sent. Church, he, the Holy Spirit, God dwells with us individually and communally as his people. God always fulfills his promises, and it's in light of that good news that we can endure today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we need you. Again, we're in different places. I hope there were some amens, Lord. I know in my own weary heart right now, there's some elements of um, of hope and excitement right now of knowing you are with us, you are in control, you are sovereign, and one day you will make all things new. And yet right now, as we're in that in-between place, we're in that now and not yet, we cling to the hope, the fulfilled hope through Jesus and, Lord, through the Holy Spirit who 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 now dwells among us and within us. So in that good news, Lord, we respond right now as your people, in Jesus' name, amen.